Amen. Whew, is that not awesome? That's what we as a church got to be a part of and participate in and invest in. What a great return on investment. Man, to be able to invest in lives being changed, to invest in the gospel going forward, to equip and to prepare people for the works of ministry. Man, that, that's what we celebrate. We celebrate a lot of things today. You know, and we celebrate what God has done. We celebrate what God is doing. And we celebrate what God has in store for all of us. And so, man, I look forward to, you know, looking into the new year as well. So today is a day of celebration. If it's your first time, you know, here, man, we're so glad you're here. But today is a celebration. And we celebrate a lot of things. And, and I know you guys don't have a handout today, but we're going to celebrate in a lot of different ways today. But one thing I wanted to talk about is celebrating life change. You know, from the very beginning, when we started Journey Church, you know, we didn't want to just be a church that was just kind of going through the motions, just doing church, singing songs and going home and no, no, no real change. We wanted to be a place where there was true life change, where, where people were being transformed, you know, where their, their life was just different. You know, and, and, uh, and one of the cool things is in, when, I, when I listened to what was said in Barbara Ann's testimony, to say that people don't even recognize me. I mean, that's the way it should be. And I don't know if you guys realize this, but when someone puts their faith in Christ for salvation, whenever they truly surrender their heart to Christ, they are changed from the inside out. It is a metamorphosis that takes place. And it's almost like if we were to imagine, you know, a, a, a butterfly or caterpillar, you know, weaving this, this cocoon and then coming out of that cocoon a beautiful butterfly. That is exactly what, it's like this old sinner goes into this repentance mode here, and then all of a sudden we come out as this child of God. Is that not awesome? So that is the metamorphosis that takes place. Amen. That's awesome. And so today, let me just say this, we don't celebrate people getting wet. We don't celebrate people getting wet. That's not what we're celebrating. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. That's not what we're celebrating. What we are celebrating is that these people, these, even these children have come to the understanding that, you know what, they are a sinner in need of a Savior, and they have put their faith in Jesus Christ to save them. It's what Jesus did on the cross. It's what Jesus did in a borrowed tomb. It is the power of the resurrection at work in their life. And it doesn't matter if they're 7, 8 years old, or 78 years old. God can save them, and He can change them, and He can transform them. I mean, how awesome is that? So that is what we celebrate today. We're not celebrating getting wet. We're not celebrating someone signing a card what we're celebrating is that they have put their faith in Christ and the power of the gospel is at work within them. The Holy Spirit has been placed within them and they will be conformed and changed and transformed into the image of Christ as He moves them forward. And so that's what we're celebrating today. If you've, you don't have your outline, but if you've got your Bible, you can kind of take it out. So a couple of things I want us to hit on today is we celebrate true life change. You know, that, that, that uh, video is pretty much the booklet that we gave you guys last week. That is kind of our ministry impact report, and I'll talk a little bit more about it later. But it's kind of put to video, and it allows us to see, you know, some of the changes and some of the life change that took place across the globe. There's a passage that's on the back of everyone that was baptized today. It says this. It says, it means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become new. A new person. The old life is gone, and a new life has begun. So right before the service, I went upstairs and I was talking with some of the baptism candidates. And I said, hey, listen, let me, let me just ask you. I said, so you've given your life to Christ. And they're like, yes. They're so excited. It was awesome. And I said, so you have asked Jesus to come and live within you. And they were like, yes. And so there's an excitement. And then there was one young lady who was last week, gave her life to Christ, was obedient to follow Christ in believer's baptism today. But she heard Pastor Ken last week talk about obedience. 
And she heard Pastor Ken talk about that he had head knowledge and that he knew the right things to say and that he had gone to church for a long time. But there came a moment where he surrendered his heart to God and he said, God, here I am. And she heard that. It resonated with her. And she made a decision last Sunday to give her heart to Christ. She already had knowledge, but she gave him her heart. She went back to the VIP room and was able to nail that decision down and was baptized today to go public to let everybody know, you know what, I've got a new heart. Isn't that awesome? Man, that is awesome. And, and that is a changed life. And here's the thing, God is going to be working on her until the day she breathes her last. He's working on us until we breathe our last. And so it's exciting to see true life change taking place. And I want to, I want to share with you uh, some verses that have spoke to me this week. I've been reading about life change all week. And so I've been re- I was going to read, I was really trying to get to Luke chapter 2. I think, you know, you guys understand that's cr- kind of the Christmas message. We're in a series called Miracles and the Wonder of Christmas. And so I was almost trying to get there. And so I was going to read Luke chapter 1 just to kind of make sure everything's in context, everything's building, everything's moving in the right direction. And man, I got wrecked by Luke chapter 1. And, and, and so as I was reading through this, it, it just, I, you know, it was just ministering to me. And, and you're talking about lives changed, and we're going to talk about it today, but it's Zachariah and, and his wife, Elizabeth. And that they're going to have a baby named John the Baptist. He'll be John the Baptist. And he'll prepare the way for the, for the Messiah. You know, and, and so also in Luke, you hear where Mary, you know, has, Gabriel appears to her. And, and man, changes her life forever. And so I was, the whole time I'm thinking about, man, here are lives that have been changed Forever by the power of God and by the presence of God in their life. And so anyway, so I've, I've been reading through it all week. So I get to a devotion on Wednesday that I've been doing for like 10 years for a company. And, and so I get in there and so I had, you know, kind of greeting. Hey, how y'all doing? Whatever. And I was sharing with them. I've been reading Luke chapter one and I start reading it and I get emotionally wrecked. And I'm like, I can't hardly get it out. I mean, it's ugly. I'm like, you're like that. You know, I mean, it's terrible. And one lady, she gets choked up. She has to go to the bathroom. And I have to go, hey, I apologize. I didn't mean to. You know, uh, and they're like, you don't have to apologize for anything. But, you know, that usually happens for me when I read about the crucifixion. When I hear about Jesus being punched in the face and the, and the guards saying, hey, prophesy. Tell us who hit you. Dude, it just wrecks me. And when I think about him being nailed to the cross because I'm thinking he didn't see and I did, it, it wrecks me. But man, it's never happened when I've read Luke chapter 1. So I'm going to go ahead and tell you guys, I'm giving you as a forewarning, I hope I can read through it without getting too, too choked up. So let's, let's kind of pick up, and I'm going to pick up here um, with the birth of John the Baptist foretold. This is verse 1 of, of Luke chapter 1. Luke, verse chapter 5 says, When Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. And he was a member of the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife Elizabeth was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all the Lord's commandments and regulations. There again, we hear, just like we heard last week with King David, obedience. Obedience and doing what they should have been doing. They had no, they had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive and they were both very old. One day, Zechariah was serving God in the temple for his order was on duty that week. As was the custom of the priest, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. And while the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. And Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear. 
when he saw him. But the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son, and you are to name him John. And you will have great, you will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he, he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. And he must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. And he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. And he will be a man with the Spirit and the power of Elijah. And he will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. And he will turn their hearts to the fathers, of the fathers to their children. And he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Zechariah said to the angel, How can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man now, and my wife is along, well along in her years. And then the angel said, he says, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. And it was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. And meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah to come out of the sanctuary, wondering why he was taking so long. And when he finally did come out, he couldn't speak to them. And then they realized from his gestures and his silence that he must have seen a vision in the sanctuary. And when Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. And soon afterward, his wife, Elizabeth, became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. How kind the Lord is, she exclaimed. And he has taken away my disgrace of having no children. Man, what an awesome picture. And if you know much about the, the book of Luke, the book of Luke is, is one of the great historian records that we have. Uh, Luke, who wrote that, was a physician, a doctor. And so even historians, if you would say our secular world, respects the gospel of Luke because it's so accurate. And so what he's doing is he's giving an account to Theophilus. And he's saying, hey, listen, I want you to have an accurate account of what has happened and what has happened with the spread of the gospel pretty much. And so what he's, so he's telling the story about Zechariah. You know, and so Zechariah goes in, and, and there's a lot of things going on. There's obedience. We see that they were godly, righteous people. He and Elizabeth both. But their world was turned upside down. Their, their late in age makes you think about, you know, Abraham and Sarah late in age, you know, having a baby. But God, God had a word. And, and so, and then Gabriel kind of gets aggravated with Zechariah, like, dude, I stand in the very presence of God. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to you on God's behalf with good news. What is wrong with you? And so he tells me, listen, you won't speak again until that baby's born, and you'll tell him, you'll tell them all that his name is John. And so it goes on, and so Zechariah, and he goes home, and he, they end up becoming pregnant with a little boy. And, and so whenever it comes time to deliver John, the mother says, Elizabeth says, hey, his name's going to be John. Everybody's like, man, there's nobody in your family named John. Why are you naming him that? So they look to Zechariah. What will you name him? And he writes down, he says, his name will be John. And it says that God opened his mouth. It was a miracle. And it says that all the people stood around in shock, in awe, and in wonder of what had just happened. But here's what's cool. Zechariah begins to, he begins to prophesy and speak, a, speak words. And, and it's a song, the song of Zechariah, where he begins to talk about this child, this baby John, what he will be. And he just, we just read it where he, it, was, it was spoken by the angel. You know what? He will, this, this boy, this baby, will be great in the, in the eyes of the Lord. And so think about this, if we, if we follow Jesus' ministry a little bit further on down the road, and John has been preaching repentance, he's saying, hey, listen, guys, you're going to you're gonna have to repent of your sins and turn to God. He says, but there's one coming that I'm not even, unwor- I'm not even worthy to untie his sandals. I'm not even worthy to be his slave. 
He said, but I, I baptize with water, but He baptizes with fire and with the Holy Spirit. And so He's coming. And so John and Jesus would have this moment at the river where Jesus would come to John and, Je- and John would say, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And so Jesus would have him baptize him. And it kind of, it kind of wrecked his world. John was like, Man, God, Lord, it shouldn't be. But later, Jesus is doing ministry. John is doing his thing. And John had been preaching and teaching against a, a Herod who had been living in sin, who was just blatantly, you know, just uh, going against everything that God says is right. And so Herod had him put in jail. And so John knows that the end of his life is near. So he sends one of his disciples to Jesus. And he says, Jesus, he said, just ask you, are you the one or is there someone else I should be looking for? And so John is kind of rattled at this moment. And so Jesus tells John, or John's disciple, he says, go back and tell John what you've seen. The, the, the lame walk, the blind see. In other words, that lives were being changed. The gospel goes forward. The good news. And so this disciple goes back to tell John. And what Jesus would say is fulfillment of that prophecy right there. Jesus would say, there's no, no man born of woman greater than John the Baptist. See, John the Baptist was great in the eyes of the Lord. And so what I love about that is whatever we see spoken in that Scripture, we see it fulfilled. We see God's Word coming to life. And here's the thing, it changes lives. And so whenever God's Word comes to life in you, it's going to have an impact on the people around you. It's going to have an impact on the community you live in. And so this is what we're seeing. We're seeing that Zachariah and Elizabeth and John and then, and then Mary. And so let's pick up here as Mary's life is changed forever. In verse 26 it says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy... God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was, in, she was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. And Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. And you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. And he will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over, the, over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. And Mary asked the angel, But how can this happen? I am a virgin. And the angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say that she was barren. But she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. And Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. And so here again, you know, we're moving towards this Christmas mentality, this Christmas scene. But it's, 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 it's the foretelling of John the Baptist. It's the foretelling of Jesus. And so here is, here's Mary whose life has changed forever. Here's Joseph whose life is changed forever by Jesus. And here's, this is what I love. I, I love the fact that it is a transformation. If you've ever really met Jesus, He changes you. You can't just kind of keep going through the most. You can't keep doing what you've been doing. Man, you know, if there's no change, there may be no Jesus in your life. If you're still the mean old cuss you've always been, you know, but yet you just go to church, you may be just a church pagan, is what I'm saying. But if you've ever been saved by the blood of Christ, if you've ever been redeemed, if you've ever been... Born again, there is a change that takes place. Do we still struggle? Absolutely. Do we still fall at times? Yes. But there is a change that takes place. There is a spiritual birth that takes place. 
And so here we are, we're reading about births. John the Baptist is going to be born. That's a physical birth. We read about Jesus going to be born. That's a physical birth. But Jesus talks about the gospel, that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. We talk about that in Corinthians. That's Paul talking about it. And so here what he's saying is, listen, if you receive me, you will be changed. You'll be transformed. And so what we're hearing is, you know what? We're hearing a spiritual birth. And, and what happens? How does that happen? We go, well, how does that happen? There's a physical birth, you know, and all of a sudden we're born. And, and I don't know if you guys realize this, but everybody in this room has been physically born, right? You know, if you can't figure that one out, I'm just saying you weren't hatched. I promise you, you were born. All right, but here's the second thing. It's not everybody in this room has experienced a spiritual birth, most likely. And so the spiritual birth takes place not from going through a book and not, not from doing a bunch of to-dos and, and, and nots, but spiritual birth takes place because of faith. It's a faith decision. It's a faith revelation. It's the moment whenever I realize I need a Savior. It's the moment when I realize, you know what, I can't get to heaven. I love, I love what Barbara Ann said in her testimony. I figured that I was just destined for hell and there was nothing I could do about it. And she's right, nothing she could. But there was something that her Savior could do. And so what Jesus did is Jesus went to the cross for Barbara Ann and He went to the cross for Mike. And so Jesus went to the cross and He bled out His blood. He literally bled out His precious blood. He would, be bar- he would lay- be laid into a borrowed tomb. He would be resurrected by the power of God. He would defeat death. He would defeat the grave. He would defeat sin. He would defeat it all. And He would offer it to us as a free gift that He had purchased. That's why we give at Christmas. This isn't because this is what Santa Claus teaches us to do. This is what Jesus did. Jesus was about giving gifts. And so what we do is we say, man, I want to bless someone. He blesses you and He blesses me with eternal life. And I don't know if you can get your mind around what forever is, but it's a long, long time. And so here's the thing is, the ones who went through the waters of baptism today, if they're truly saved, they're changed forever. They're changed and transformed by the power of God at work in us. And so this is what I love about the gospel. It's not based on what I do. It's not based on what I bring to the table. It's based on what Jesus did on the cross. It's what, it's what Jesus did. And so may, there may be some of you here today that you've never put your faith in Christ. You've never been born again. You've never received salvation. You've never been transformed from the inside out. Because too often what we try to do is we try to transform from the outside in. We start thinking, well, I'll stop smoking or I'll start going to church or I'll start reading my Bible or I'll go to life group or I'll do this or I'll do that. And what we're trying to do is from the outside get it cleaned up. And what Jesus says, you can't do that. He says it starts from within. And it's surrender. A surrender of the heart. And saying, God, I've tried everything. But God, I give you me. And I can remember at the age of 19... Going, you know, negotiating with God where I was sitting. I was sitting in a little area right over here and I remember negotiating with God. And I was like, God, I don't know what you're going to do with me. And I don't know if you can save me, but here I am. And I remember walking that aisle and giving my life to Christ. And then I can remember a year later, God dealing with me about ministry. I'm thinking, God, I don't, I don't get up in front of people and all these things that I wasn't going to do. And I was like, God, I don't know what you're going to do with me, but God, here I am. And what it was was surrender both times. It was a surrender of my life and it was a surrender of my life to ministry. You know, and here's, what, here's what's crazy about that. God does it all. I didn't bring anything to the table. I didn't bring anything of real value. It's what He brings to the table. If He calls us, He equips us. If He calls you, if He calls you, He will use you. And I'll just say this. Maybe there's some of you here today that you've never put your faith in Christ. Let today be the day of salvation for you. I want to ask everybody just to bow your heads and close your eyes. 
And I want, I want you to ask God. Say, God, where do I stand with you? Just, Jesus, are you in my heart? Ask that question. Say, Jesus, are you in my heart? Do I, do I just have head knowledge? Because I don't really feel like I've ever changed. I said, Jesus, I won't change. Jesus, I want to be transformed. Jesus, you said that you would come, that you would bring abundant life. And I'm not sure I'm there. And so, Jesus, I desire abundant life. Jesus, I, I, I don't think I've ever been reborn. Jesus, I want to be reborn. I want to be made new. And so if that's you, what's keeping you from making that decision today to surrender? So maybe today would be the day of salvation for you. That you realize, maybe today you realize, you know what? Man, I've never given my heart to Christ. I've never been changed. I've never been transformed. But I desire it. And so if that's you, I want to walk you through a simple prayer. And let me just say this. This is the prayer of your heart. It's not so much your lips. Even though in Romans it says that if we confess Him with our lips, we will be saved. But I'm telling you, that prayer starts in your heart. And so right now, right where you at, just say, Jesus, I give you my life. I give you everything. God, I don't know what you're going to do with it, but here, here it is. And by faith, we give Him who we are. We give Him our heart. We surrender our soul to Him. And we say, Jesus, I give you everything. And it's a, it, here's the thing, it's by faith that we do that. This is what I love. It's, by, it's God's grace that we are saved through faith. It's faith that makes God smile. It is our faith in what Jesus has done that redeems us. It is our faith in what He can do in us that ch- transforms us. It is our faith in what Jesus can and will do. And so right where you're at, I want to walk you through that prayer just real quick. You say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. And so, Jesus, I confess that to you. You already know it, but I'm just confessing it. And so, Jesus, I'm asking you to come into my heart. I'm asking you with all the faith that I have. And I don't feel like I have much, but I'm giving you all i got. And so, Jesus, with all the faith that I have, I'm asking you to come and live within me. To be my Lord. To be my Savior. That I might be born again. And Jesus, I want to live for you from this point forward. I want to quit living the way I've been living. That's repentance. And so, Jesus, with all that I have and all that's in me, I turn to you. And if that is your prayer, nobody's looking but me. If that is your prayer, if that was the prayer of your heart, I want to ask you just to raise your hand. Just say, Mike, that was me. I just asked Christ to come into my life. Anybody in the room? I see your hand. Right? I see your hand right here. Anywhere? Anybody else? All right. Anybody else? Raise it, raise it high where I can see it. I see your hand. Man, have the courage. It's, it's courage. But you know what? It's surrender. You can put your hand down. There's three or four people in this room that have raised their hand saying they want to give their life to Christ. What's keeping you from making that decision? What's keeping you from giving your heart to Christ and allowing the metamorphosis, the change, the transformation to take place within you? With your heads bowed, if you raised your hand, for salvation, I want you to look up here at me. Anybody in the room, if you raised your hand for salvation. All right, if, if that was your prayer, you're saved, brother. You're, you're a child of God. Back here in the back, there's somebody that raised their hand. If you raised your hand, if you believe that with all of your heart, the Bible says you are His. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. In the blood of Christ, it will never be erased. You are His. Whom God holds in His hand, no one can snatch away. Do you believe that? Then here's the thing, you're His child. 
You're adopted into His family. Anybody else? There's somebody right here. If you prayed that prayer by faith, and it's a faith decision, it's not anything that we do to earn it. It is a faith decision. But if you believe that, you will be saved. You're His child. You're a child of the God, child of God. You're a child of the King. And so you believe that with all your heart? Okay. Anybody else? Anybody else? Raise your hand if that's you. Man, three or four people have given their life to Christ in there. That's why we celebrate. We celebrate life change. We celebrate souls being saved, hearts being healed. Really, a new heart. God says He gives us a new heart. Anybody else? Man, that's awesome. That is awesome. Those of you that raised your hand, I want you to indicate on a card or put your name on a card and, and, and it'll be turned in a little bit and let us know so we can pray for you. Here's the thing. We want to put a Bible in your hand. A new believer's Bible that will help you in your walk, help you to grow and become all that God wants you to be. Father, I thank you for your love for us. God, I thank you for these four that have put their faith in you. God, it's in moments like this that eternity is impacted. God, it's in moments like this that all of heaven rejoices. It says that if one calls on the name of Christ, that all of heaven, every angel up there is rejoicing, is shouting, is celebrating. God, we thank you for these that have put their faith in you for salvation. And God, we thank you for the privilege as a church to come alongside of them, to walk with them, and to God, to help them grow in their understanding of who you are and how much you love them and what you have done in their life. God, thank you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for saving us and redeeming us. In Jesus' name, amen.